I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all of the life that happens between it. I think sometimes on top of it. Underneath it? Around all, it? All, all over the place. It could be a big splat sometimes. You said you didn't want to talk about the big splat tonight. <laughs> okay, we won't. <laughs> There's a big splat coming, friends, but he won't talk about it yet. See, that's mean for you to say that to them. No, it's called a teaser. Oh, uh, I think it's teasing. We've told our kids teasing's not okay. <laughs> but people have been asking us questions about that life again, or still. Oh, yeah, the one that goes around and between and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, yes, we have questions. Yes, there are questions. And before we get into our questions, let me make sure that everybody here knows that if you know us in person and you enjoy our podcast, or even if you don't and you've just happened to stumble across us, this is published under the condition of anonymity. We are not here to have, you know, our clients or our students say, hey, you're these crazy people on this podcast because that might mess up our professionalism it could potentially jeopardize the safety of our children. This could just be a big problem. We we have issues and we need to be anonymous so that we don't have more issues. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so if you found us and you know us in person and you want to talk to us about the podcast, I know I at least, and I don't want to speak for you, but I personally am comfortable talking to people one-on-one -on -one about what they've heard on our podcast. Yeah. Our close friends, you know, will say, hey, I was listening to your podcast and I heard XYZ, how's the kid doing? Or I heard ABC, whatever happened with that? Or do you guys really have to deal with? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> if we said it, it's true. It is, which is another reason we need the anonymity, folks. <laughs> So, yes, friends, if you know us, if you found us by way of some other link, let us know that you found us so we know how many of our acquaintances are privy to this knowledge. But, you know, don't discuss it with us in a room full of people. Don't tell your best friend, hey, I know these people who do this awesome podcast. That kind of squashes the anonymity part. Just a little bit. Yeah. Which we've done good with so far. I mean, it's been a few podcasts and we've managed this far. Yeah, we've been doing this for two years now. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Happy podcast anniversary. Yeah, as we're recording this, uh, the first week of March is our anniversary, but this actually won't be released on the first week of March. But yes, it is our podversary. Right. Anyway, we are able to keep doing this because of our anonymity. So, friends and family, if you found us, let us know you found us, but don't let a whole bunch of other people know you found us. Please and thank you. It's kind of an odd situation because it's a podcast, so people can listen to that. And for all we know, someone could listen to it and then tell other people, hey, do you know what so-and-so said about you? Or if you talk about your best friend, is that me? Am I your best friend that you were talking about there? Oh, boy. <laughs> It gets drama. No drama. We don't like drama. He's staring at me as though he has something to say, but not saying it. I don't know. Okay. 
But that kind of leads into our first question, which was, did the kids like their Valentine's presents? Oh, yes. Because we were recording, and then we had to pause the recording because Papa wanted to bring the kids' Valentine's presents over, and we got interrupted by the phone call saying he was on his way over, and the kids weren't actually there at the time, which is why we were able to record. Right. And kids have thrown fits about their presents before, so it is a reasonable question. It is a reasonable question. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Grandma does spoil them. and that, But it doesn't mean that we haven't had either one of them either just plain fuss of, you know, number three child. I I had one of these before. I got this last time or something. Grandma's too old. She doesn't remember what she got you last time. <laughs> just shut up and be glad she gave you something, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and or, she she has for the most part gotten the understanding of presenting gratitude even if you don't genuinely feel gratitude. If you don't like a present, you don't tell the person you don't like it. If you already have one, you don't tell them you already have one. You just say thank you. Well, when when he didn't like what somebody else got instead of what he he got he he when he threw a fit. <laughs> Yes. Even Grandma wasn't sure what to do with him. Of course, oh. I just had to remove him. But anyhow, the yes, answer... that was Christmas, and I think we talked about that. That the, was our four-part Christmas. The answer is, yes, they like their presents, even though they're very funny, like weird little toys that poop, poop candy, candy. And stuff like that. <laughs> oh, you said you didn't want to talk about poop today. Yeah. No more poop. Even well, that's candy. the... That's what one of the presents was. It was. There was yeah. a lot of candy, including a little yeah. pooping the, doll. The particular candy that the pooping, walking, wind-up toy made <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently didn't taste good. So it's our pooping candy. Uh, well, listen, that has nothing to do with anything as far as kids are concerned. Another common question is, how can we help out? As in, how can you, our listener friends, help us? We had someone offer us... Uh, microphone somebody microphone stand or something yeah someone offered us a microphone stand somebody else offered us some equipment people are very generous offered you know asking we get questions every couple months or so do we have a patreon or a fund site and no no we don't because we are amazingly blessed to be able to fund this on our own and to be able to do that does shield our anonymity well and also i guess if we if we had like a massive amount of listeners then we might have a different situation i don't know if our pod theater could if we yeah if we had to go for the uber extra downloads plan on our hosting site then it might be a different story but for now we're able to handle things on our own we buy the equipment we need so far we've been able to make the equipment we have work and so if you want to do something good for what we do and you want to benefit our project share our project click the like button on our facebook posts the way that the facebook posts are shared with other people is that the more people like it the more people get to see it you don't automatically get to see things that are in your Facebook feed just because they are in your feed. They don't actually show up in the feed unless people are liking them, people are clicking them. Yes. I don't know if Tumblr has a similar effect. I know they don't, but uh, reblog things you like of ours on Tumblr. Get the word out that we are telling stories that might connect with other people. 
Yeah, to to whoever those people are. If you feel like being financially generous with our project, we can't accept donations, but we'll send you to Transgender Law Center, or we'll send you to a listener's surgery funding site, or we'll send you somewhere else that you can be financially beneficial and generous to our community. Okay. So. So anyhow. How do you take care of your hair, George? A number of guys have mentioned that their hair gets curlier on tea. My hair. Or gets coarser on tea. It's crazy curly. It gets thinner on tea, and yours is starting to get thinner in that center part in the back right around your cowlick. Yeah, I don't look at it very much, so I don't care. You don't see the back of your head. I, I did the other day, and I was like, oh, that's what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. It's not like I can glue it back on or something. I mean... <laughs> So how do you care for thicker, coarser, curlier hair and keep it looking masculine and professional? What do well, you do? I put some conditioner back on it in the morning because it's like a, a mop that dried wrong or something. <laughs> when I wake up and I have to wet it all down, and so once it's wet, I dry it off a little and I put some conditioner on there because the curls seem to like that, and that's what the hair cutter told me to do. And how do you have your stylist do your hair? What do you ask her to cut? She she knows what to do with hair. I tell her to cut it. So. <laughs> and she looks at me I like, see. oh, okay. This is the same woman that you've been seeing for, what, six, seven years now? Mm-hmm. Since before transition. Yes. And this I, is the hairdresser who, the first time you went to see her, what did you tell her? I told her I needed to look good so I could pick up chicks because I was... Newly single. As far as I'm concerned, she did her job. Good. You look good? It worked for me just fine, as far as I could tell. You picked up a few of them before we uh, settled on one. I did. Good for you. Mm-hmm. It is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so, made me a little easier to deal with by the time you met me. No kidding. I think we're both in that same boat. Yeah. That having had that run around and have fun time was good for the ability to settle down time. Right. So there's your unsolicited romance advice. And the haircutting advice would be find a stylist who knows what to do. And it's one of those things you don't want to skimp on. And I used to get cheap haircuts when I had really short hair because I was familiar enough with the haircutting process that I could tell her which grade of clipper guard to use at which point in my hair. And I could feel if she was doing it right. But now that I have long hair, you've sold me on expensive haircuts, too. You don't do it very often. I don't. I let it get too long. It's too long right now. I've needed a haircut for like two months, and I haven't gotten one. Well, my hair is shorter, and it looks really funny if I don't cut it when I'm supposed to. You look Although, like Rand Paul. <laughs> well, I have to say, my haircuts got cheaper when I was getting the man price for the haircuts, because it doesn't take as long. And, and you go in more often, so they don't want to charge you as much. It's It tends to be at least a week or so earlier. Yes, you used to get your hair done every five to six weeks, and now it's every three to four. Anyhow, so she says, put some conditioner on there in the morning, mm -hmm. and then after that dries, like I do that right when I get up as soon as I can move around, which is another topic for later in the podcast, but then put some pomade on there 
or something like that. Like, I have one really cheap one that's from one of those, like, great cuts or one of those other kind of cheap haircutting place, super yeah. cut. One of those, and it's a ginger something one, and it's like five or six bucks for this whole thing that lasts forever. Yeah, and so you want something that's not, like, sticky like a gel. You want something that's smooth like a wax or a pomade. or It's a, a pomade, yeah. yeah. Because the conditioner makes it relax, and then the pomade makes it not go totally frizzy if I take my sweater off at the gym and put it back on or, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. It also tends to relax the curls when you get your hair colored, too. Yeah. Which you do. You color my hair for me. I do, because yeah. you want me to. I think the gray is handsome. Yeah. It makes me even more tired than I feel. <laughs> right now. I understand mm. the pressure of wanting to fix what you dislike about yourself in the mirror. And when you can fix it, it's better. Yes, it is. That I totally understand. Mm -hmm. So, I'll give you that. Next question. And this one was actually for both of us. What were some of our phases on our way to settling on our identity and orientation being out of the norm? Like a lot of people go through trying on different identities, trying on different orientations to find out what fits, which is a very effective way of doing it. Right. And it can be a little frustrating for its effectiveness. Because then you end up trying on a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't fit. And when it doesn't fit, it doesn't feel good. Right. You you go ahead. I don't know. I didn't really have the verbiage for being just a person. And I didn't really realize quite how much it mattered for a long, long time as a non-binary person and how I've come to deal with my body. Or your presentation. Or my presentation, yes. And I did actually, that's something I went through some very distinctive phases. And you laugh at my old pictures. Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I used to have really short hair and I used to dress in men's clothes. And before I had babies, I could get away with it. And aside from the one picture in which I was dating a Mary Kay lady and so my eyebrows were all skinny, it worked for me. Right. And because you call that picture butch and I'm like, not with those eyebrows, it's not. <laughs> I was dating an effing Mary Kay lady. Yeah, well, that makes the picture not butch. Sorry. Fair enough. It's the closest thing I have to any good pictures of me during that time because I never liked pictures of me. I still don't. But, yeah, I presented much more masculinely. Yeah, that's we'll why put it that way. you give me the finger when I try to take your picture when we're out somewhere. Yes, I do. I, I end up accidentally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Does not, I could take all the pictures of you giving me the finger while I'm trying to take a picture. And that <laughs> nobody's going to say, that looks like an accident. <laughs> Fair. All right. But, you know, I did present very butch for a while. I did present very masculinely compared to how I present now. While I was still in college, while I was married to a cisgender male, because in that marriage, I definitely was the husband. And so it just fit, and it was comfortable. And then when I got out of that relationship, and I was dating only women after that, and only female-bodied persons, people who could not impregnate me, I started presenting a lot more femininely. Because there's this little bit of me that's always a little bit gay. Doesn't matter who I'm with, I'm going to be a little bit gay. Yep. 
And now that you're more masculine, I find myself finding a little bit more masculinity, too, because I'm a little bit gay. Yeah, you are. Sorry. I know you're a straight guy, but you do a good job of putting up with me. But as far as associating that presentation with my identity, I kind of always just saw myself as just a person, even though I didn't really have the language for being a non-binary or a genderqueer person. I just thought, eh, I'm just me. And my orientation was always towards people who are smart and take good care of themselves. So how about you? What kind of phases did you go through on your process of settling into who you are now? Well, apparently when I was very young, I decided I was a boy, but I kept getting told otherwise. So that was my first venture or phase in figuring this out. And I recall as a kid thinking maybe something would happen and I would become a boy that I was supposed to be like the other boys, not stuck with this wrong everything going on with my <laughs> self. You poor guy. So I was very boyish mm -hmm. is, you know, the best that I could present. And that wasn't a problem for my family for the most part. Good for you. Some of my father's relatives were an issue. But I just wanted to be a boy, and I didn't understand how this problem happened and how, in my mind, that's who I was, but that wasn't what everybody else was telling me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what my body was telling us. So that's how I felt. But then what did you... What you did sort I, of set that aside for a while. and Yeah, I, I put it aside when I was... Involved in a religious organization. And that was, that's part of what I, I don't know if that created the issues or just brought them to the front, but the issues of my problems created by religion were in part the, the church or cult, I should say, I was yes. in. Like many Christian based organizations at the time was not supportive. And also my beliefs in Reincarnation were definitely highlighted during that time, and that was acceptable in in that in that group yeah. in that group. And so my thoughts were, well, I seem to be this person, but I seem to be stuck in this body, and so I must be needing to learn something or figure something out. And that doesn't mean I need to change who I am. It just means I need to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing in this lifetime. Hmm. So that, that was my thoughts about that. So I'd put it aside for a few years. Then when I decided not to participate in that organization so much and go to hang out with other queers, I met a good friend who said, well, you, you don't have to go and become a guy. If you like girls, you could just be a lesbian. And I thought, well, that does sound a bit easier. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. So then I just was a butch dyke. For a long, long time. I was. Like 20 plus years. Yeah, and then the next phase was not 20 years ago, I mm -hmm. guess about mm -hmm. 15, 17 years ago, okay. 17 maybe. I was going to transition and I got to gender clinic and stuff and I was moving out of... You had been living in San Francisco at the time. Yeah, I was moving out of San Francisco, but I was pursuing this and... And moving is usually considered to be a good time to transition. You can just make a break, make a clean start. That's what I was thinking. 
Seems like a good idea, except... It, it just wasn't a good fit for my relationship and my situation. And as we've talked about in other podcasts, I'm an adapter. So, so that's, that affects any phase that I was in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to adapt the best I can. Yeah. So I just stayed in a lesbian relationship and kind of went up, up and down through that relationship of being more butch to less butch, mostly because I still felt that I was supposed to figure things out, you know, in this lifetime. And also because my, my ex would say, well, you would look good if you tried this or that. And so I'd, Here, I'd try things. Dress. I'd try things. Not, not so much. I did do that once for somebody's wedding, which was kind of bizarre. But to me, it was sort of like a very funny, very funny thing. So, <laughs> And I, I looked okay in that, which is the, probably the first time in my whole life that I looked okay like that. But You, you uh, had never looked good in a dress. You looked no. like a boy in a dress. Yeah, I, I remember going shopping. It doesn't matter how well you filled it out. You looked like a uh, boy in I a dress. I know, but I didn't look like like terribly wrong-fitting dress for the particular boy that I am. So, yeah. whereas other times I'd go shopping with my ex and and she'd say, just try this on, just try it. And I'd say, it's going to look like I'm in drag, you don't understand. She's like, just try it. And I'd put it on and she'd go, okay, you, you were, were right. right, take it off. <laughs> I was like, I told you. <laughs> Tried to tell you. Yeah. So my phases and adaptations were around my understanding of how the world worked for me. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's very parallel to a lot of folks who grew up Christian and were kind of squashed by, by the, their religion that way. Uh, I think it's pretty common, but for people who grew up in your generation getting squashed by the culture in general. Yeah, that's becoming a lot more obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that in the media. And then I tried to deal with menopause and that's how I ended up in transition. Yes, menopause kicked your butt and you couldn't put the dysphoria away anymore. No, I, I couldn't put the dysphoria away and I couldn't put the insanity of those hormones anywhere either. So Oh my gosh. I, you I wouldn't were bad. I know. And I we both say this not as a accusation or a you're a bad person, but that was really hard. It was it was like a horror story. So I wouldn't give up my testosterone for anything. No. It is the greatest thing in the world. I would not give up your testosterone for anything either. <laughs> I feel so much better. Yes. Like worlds and universes and you know Yes. All, all, all of that and more. Galaxies, a more universes, more, yes. TARDIS travel of <laughs> better. <laughs> That's great. And you've said, you know, that transitioning later has had its advantages. But even so, you've said it a few times. If I realized just how much this has fixed things, I would have done it so much sooner. Hell Yeah. I would have gotten over all those other things and said, you know, I just I just need to feel better. So now that you've transitioned and are still transitioning and your body is still changing and it's still not exactly how you want it, what do you do to beat dysphoria? There's our next question. Podcasting helps my dysphoria because it's talking about it. Yes. And, and, and having other trans folks to talk to or other 
non-binary or queer or supportive people who want to really hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something small like toe hair to, <laughs> you know, yeah, something else. Being able to talk about my real life. Yes. Helps my dysphoria. There are a lot of things you can do that you would think are not related specifically to dysphoria that do really help, like getting a regular workout. That helps a lot of things. Getting sunlight and, and fresh air. Unless you have other pain problems. Yes. Then well, working out is, you know. You know, having that regular use of your system is really good for your emotions. And then getting sunlight and fresh air. Well, basically anything that you can do to help yourself emotionally. Like I have a bird feeder and I like to see the birds and birds make me happy. So other things that I can enjoy besides focusing on what's going to bother me. Give yourself permission to check out from those topics and find something that relaxes you, something that you enjoy, something that can take your mind off of things. See, and I think that that's like, you sound right now like you're giving advice or giving suggestions, and what they're asking for is, what do you do? Well, that is what you do. Now, what do you do? What do I do? Yes, you. I'm still trying to figure that shit out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Okay. Um, I stare at a screen. I look at pictures of cats on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you're not looking for cats. They I'm just not looking for happen cats. While they just you're happen, there. yes. And it's this is sort of a recurring joke for us. But oddest I thing ever. <laughs> have a screen in my pocket on which I hold the recorded knowledge of the known universe, and I use it to look at pictures of cats and get in arguments with strangers. I, I saw a book at the library when I went across the street the other day when I was at work. And it was about that the internet died and what like strange things people were doing, like walking around narrating their story aloud in 120 words or less and <laughs> trying to make cats do funny tricks for their entertainment. <laughs> that is great. It was hilarious. Yes. Yeah, see, for me, it used to be gaming, but I haven't had time. And... It's just finding those things that you can really enjoy and giving yourself permission to enjoy them and take your mind off the things that you don't enjoy. I think for us, has both of us, regardless of what that approach is, for you it's birds. Well, and the other things are planning. And I've noticed that with other podcasts I've listened to, when I was planning my top surgery. Having a goal and working towards it is a really good way to achieve yeah, it Genuine is. happiness, not passing enjoyment. Asking myself if I'm being realistic. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, like, using a microscope. It's it's really easy for mountains to look like molehills and the other way around, and you sometimes have to take a step back to see which really is which. Yes. This is a molehill, and I should be able to accomplish it easily. No, that's really a mountain. And this is a really big thing in my world. And no, it's really something small and you can let it go and it's really that okay. Yeah, and sometimes it's really difficult to know the difference. So so having somebody to talk to, therapy, having a good friend. Yeah, all these things have been helpful. I think our last question for the night is, how did we go about getting the DHT? Because I know we mentioned the 
circus around trying to get it. But I don't think we, <laughs> we ever always mention the circus. We always talk about the circus. Come on, the naughty dog stories are the best dog stories. The 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 naughty I'm universe gonna, stories. I'm going to change all the life that happens between it to all the the circus that happens. <laughs> That's great. That's about right, though. Yeah. Um. So exactly, how did we get the DHT then? You had to take the script that was written for the 10% that you thought you could get at the compounding pharmacy, you had to take it back to your endocrinologist and get it written for the 2.5 for the endractum. And then you had that script. Right. And I went online and I ordered it for you. And I got it from the All Saints Clinic, which seems to be where most people are getting it. It's a place in Cyprus. And I think you pay in This is the, the endractum source. Yes. I think you're... you're Payment is actually in British pounds, but I could be wrong. And the trouble was that there was no place to actually input your prescription. And I'm thinking, well, I hope this doesn't get held up at customs. If it does, we have the prescription to show them. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. It just got mailed to us and it arrived in our mailbox a few weeks later. Right, and if you don't have a prescription and, and it gets held up in customs, you could have big problems. Yes. So that's why I wanted to have the prescription. I've, I've I guess heard some people actually send and... it to them, mm -hmm. send them the prescription, but I, if you're doing it online, and most heard, things are done online, so I don't know. Right, I've heard second and third hand anecdotes of these things being done that way, but I have not heard any first hand, any primary source content about sending in a prescription or about providing the prescription to customs. So I don't know exactly how any of that would work because I haven't heard from anyone directly who has actually gone through that process. But if any of our listeners have, send us the info and we'll put it out there. Yeah, that would be interesting to know. Mm -hmm. So that's our round of Q&As for this half a year. So if you have any more questions, feel free to send them in. And if we didn't answer them, or, or these questions have made you question what we're talking about, let us know. Yes, we generally respond to emails, Facebook posts, Tumblr asks. By we, my wife means herself, but she lets me know that they're there, and, and I, I have input sometimes. <laughs> you, you often have input. I'm just, I'm not good at getting the words to where they need to be because the phone is tiny and typing them all in and... And I can't do it on the phone anyway because then it has a location. Oh. I, I usually try and do it on a computer screen where I can have the VPN shielding us. But anyway, yeah, send us send us any questions that you have, any thoughts on what we've been talking about. We do generally respond within two or three days. It will take us a couple of days because we've mentioned, you know, life is a little bit crazy. It is kind of circus. Yep. And so we'll toss you in the ring with something. <laughs> if you're lucky it's not the lion <laughs> yeah because it's not declawed and then we'll save your ideas up and maybe put them onto a podcast in another four to six months or sooner depending if we had a lot more questions yeah it's possible yeah so is that it i think that's it all right
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Uh, I have to turn this, turn this off now. I have the electric blanket, so. Mm-hmm. And it's making it Sorry. That's all right. It's all right as long as I knock it off. Don't Please don't set the paper on fire. I'm not going to. You keep holding it right there. <laughs> we have candles everywhere. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at her like she's out of her mind, so. I don't know. We're both a little bit tired and a little bit loopy because we didn't get to have alone time this weekend, and so we're waiting until the kid goes to bed to be able to record. He And even though he was very good, it, it got increasingly energy-sucking towards the later hours of the day. It does that. Yeah. Parenting. Mm. It's tiring business. The first time? Yeah. I don't know. What, what did I tell her? You told me that you had told her to make you look hot so you could pick up chicks. Oh, yeah, that's probably right. So, it what? sounds like me. Because <laughs> I was, I was okay. newly divorced. Start start again. The first time you went for an appointment with this hairdresser See, lady. See, I don't know if that was the first time. That's not what you want me to say. <laughs> Try again. <sighs> These are all making for great bloopers, so don't feel bad. I'm not feeling bad. Good. <laughs> you might be, though. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> you, you didn't like the way we already said it? No. Okay. Can, can we? That's can why we... you keep making me say it again. Go ahead. Why are the things so tiny? What? On the screen. Because you're talking really soft. Oh, Ha, 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 ha.